0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's hold the high heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God, amen. We're talking about faith. This is our sixth lesson entitled, By Faith. And we're really focusing in on the fact that faith is essential and very important to our success in this life and carrying out the purpose and the will of God for our lives as well. So in Hebrews chapter 6, you cannot teach the subject without going to Hebrews chapter 6. These are powerful scriptures that we all should study for ourselves and really gain some insight with regard to what they're saying here. And so it says, as we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope and to the end that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end Of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by a note, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul. Both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek." There's a lot in these verses here that we could study, but I want to point out four things at least this morning that will help us in our understanding of what he's trying to communicate to us. First of all, God made promises. He made promises. Secondly, it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Thirdly, we're to imitate or follow those who did inherit the promises. And fourthly, we are heirs of promise. We're called the heirs of promise in scripture. So let's start with number 1. First of all, God made promises. Why is that important? Why is that significant? to us. Well, before we go to the spiritual realm, let's look at the natural realm. In the natural realm, when you were younger growing up, you have a sibling and you did something that was wrong and you said, "Do not tell mom and dad." And you said, "Okay." Your fingers were crossed behind your back. <laughs> hey, we're aware of these things. Okay. So you said, "No, no, promise, pinky promise. You won't tell mom and dad." Both hands in front, pinky promise. Why do you want that pinky promise? Because you want to be sure that they're going to tell the truth to you and they're not going to squeal on you, right? Okay. Now, the promise is only as good as the character of the person that you're dealing with. Is that not true? Absolutely. Look at Psalms chapter 15 and verse 4, what it says. God is looking for people of integrity and character, right? Psalm 15 and verse 4 tells us, one of the characteristics of an individual that God really admires and appreciates is one that swears to his own hurt and changes not. Psalm 15, 4. He swears to, uh, Psalm 5, <laughs> sorry, or 15, 4. No, that's not it. Psalm five. <laughs> He swears to his own hurt. And he changes not. Okay. Now, what does he mean by that? I swear to my own hurt and I change not. What does it mean? If I give you my word, I'm not going to change even to my detriment. I'll give you a good example. Let's just say that um, you promised a friend of yours that you would go to the Steeler game with him on Sunday because he bought two tickets and wanted you to go. And you promised him, I'll go with you. Well, then you got a better offer, a bigger offer. The night before the game, your friend, other friend calls you up and says, look, I got two tickets to the Browns game. This is a no brainer, right? Now there you are drooling because you could go see the Browns play but you already swore by an oath that that you swore by an oath that you would go with your buddy to the Steeler game and now you're in a quandary now you don't know what to do if you're a person of integrity if you're a person of integrity right right, you're going to go to the Steeler game if you have character You've got to swear to your own hurt and change not. Right? If you lack character and integrity, you're going to bail on the guy and just go. Let me give another quick one. Let's just say if tomorrow someone says, if you work eight hours for me, I'll pay you $500. And you make a commitment and he tells you, I have to be there. Eight hours, $500, bucks. i am there. You can count on me. You sure I can? Pinky promise. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Right before you go to bed at night, you get another friend calls up and says, if you come and work for me tomorrow, I'll give you $5,000. It's like watching a Browns play. So what do you do? You have integrity and character? Is that Psalm 15.4? Psalm 15.4. I thought it was. It's Psalm 15.4. This... Oh, it's Psalm 15.4. Okay, it's Psalm 15.4. Listen, even though you can make $4,500 more, is your integrity worth that? Is your character worth that? In the eyes of God, he says, swear to your own hurt and change not. Now, why am I pointing this out? Because God made many promises. Notice number one. He promised Abraham. That he would bless him and his descendants if he would serve him. Hebrews 6, 13 and 14. Did he not promise him that? For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. So we see here he made a promise to Abraham. Look at the next one. He gave a promise for eternal life. 1 John 2.25. What does it say? And this is the promise that he had promised us. What? Even eternal life. Look at the third one. He made a promise of the Holy Spirit, the descent of the Spirit of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of. Of the Father, which saith he you have heard of me. So now there's the promise of the Spirit. Look at the next one. The promise of Jesus' return. Second Peter chapter three, verses three, four, and then verse nine. Knowing this first that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying what? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his what? promise as some men count like but as long-suffering or patient to us we not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance so remember God is also patient and long-suffering so do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Yes. is he going to keep that promise? Uh, you better be rest assured that he is and know that he is because he is look at the next one in Ephesians chapter 6 we are told the first commandment with promise is to honor your father and your mother children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with what Promise. promise what's the promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth that is a promise that God has made pinky promise Okay, look at the next one. The promises of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So there are many, many promises. These are just six things that we point out here. But the point is that God has made many promises. Right? Now the next thing is this. Is he a God of character and integrity? Well, let's find out. Look at Genesis twenty-one, one. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. Look at Joshua 10.23. Or 23, 10. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised. Look at 1 Kings 5.12. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him and there was peace between Haram and Solomon and the two of them made a treaty together. Look at chapter 8 and verse 20. So the Lord had fulfilled his word which he spoke and I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and I have built a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And if, this, if that doesn't move you, look at verse 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. Is he a God of integrity? Is he a God of character? Does he make good his promise? Does he have the power to make good his promise? Does he stand behind every word? Can we be guaranteed? Jesus is the surety of every promise that God has ever made. And he's at the right hand of the Father representing us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what do we have? The Bible is a book filled with promises that God made who cannot lie, who has the power and the will to back up his promise and see to it that it comes to pass. Well, if that's the case, then what's next? How can I inherit that promise? How can I inherit the promise of God? Well, it takes point number two faith and patience working together to inherit the promise. Faith and patience are absolutely necessary. You see, even though the promises have been made, they're not automatically experienced or inherited. There's something that we have to do on our part in order for us to experience the promise okay so let's begin let's go back to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 English standard version of the Bible and let's see what it says so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises see that word sluggish it comes from the slug ever see a slug a slug doesn't break speed records how many of you know that? They are slow moving. Their hair is weighed down with algae. And when you look at them, it doesn't look like they're moving at all. You think they're dead. They're just lying there doing nothing. Almost like the Israelites were in the promised land. Remember there in Joshua? Look chapter 18, verse 3 from the Message Bible. Look what it says. Five of the twelve tribes got their inheritance. They inherited their promise but seven of the twelve tribes did not as of yet inherit their promise well why not Joshua addressed the people of Israel how long are you going to sit around on your hands putting off taking possession of the land that God the God of your ancestors has given you pick three men from each uh, tribe so I can commission them they will survey the map of the land and so on Showing the inheritance, do each tribe and report back to me. They will divide it into seven parts. Judah will stay in this territory in the south, and the people of Joseph will keep to their place in the north. So, but here's the point it was already provided for them, but they did not get it yet. They didn't enter into it yet. They didn't inherit it yet. Why? They were sluggish. Sluggish, it actually means slothful, it means they were lazy, they were idle they were apathetic, they had no initiative, they had no motivation, they were just kind of just doing nothing, even though it was all out there for them. This book is filled with promises, but it takes faith and patience to inherit the promises. It takes faith, not alone. But with patience, so it's not faith alone, it's not patience alone, it's faith and patience working together to inherit the promises. So let's start with faith. What is faith? Faith is based on what God said or God's promise, and then once you find it out, believe in his character and integrity to bring it to pass. Can you see that? That's what faith is. God initiates faith. He makes a promise or a statement of fact. And we find out what it says or what he's promised. And then we believe in his integrity or his character. So when he said, don't be like the slug. Don't be sluggish. Remember Hebrews chapter 4 said, you speed to enter into your promise. So the book is filled with promises, but if I don't get into the book to find out what the promise is, I'm sluggish, I'm idle, I'm lazy, I have no initiative, no motivation, I'm not going to know what the promises are. I'm not going to know what God said is mine, right? So I've got to do my part to get into the Bible and find out what it says. And then once I find out what it says, believe in God's character and believe in God's integrity and say, God, this is what you said. For example, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why? That you may boldly say, "I'm your helper, and you will not fear what man shall do to you." So I find out that he said that, and guess what? I believe in his character to bring it to pass. Give it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, they are running over. Right. So if I give, there's a promise it'll be given to me. So I give, knowing that that's what God said. I believe in it. I believe in his integrity. But let's look at Romans chapter four, because here's where Abraham comes into the picture. He made a promise to Abraham. Well, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, he started weak in faith. He ended strong in faith, believing that when God says something, pinky promise? Actually... The promise sealed in blood. He must bring it to pass. Can you see that? Now, what about patience? That's faith. What about patience? Patience is the ability for us to tolerate delays without becoming anxious, frustrated, annoyed, discouraged along the way. Because you see, between the promise and its fulfillment, there's going to be some challenges along the way to get us out of our faith. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 10. This is the whole picture that he's trying to paint here in this book of Hebrews. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which is the faith that you've released to make Christ the Lord of your life, which has a great recompense of reward for you have need of what? Patience. Notice they didn't need more faith. What did they need? Patience, Patience, the ability to do what? not get annoyed to tolerate delays and not get annoyed along the way and forfeit their faith you need patience so that after you've done the will of god you might receive the promise so we see here that they work hand in hand they work together and look at luke's gospel chapter 22 jesus taught this to peter look when you get out there and you get out of the boat you start walking on the water you know you will be challenged your faith will be challenged my faith will be challenged correct and here's why. The Lord said, to Simon, said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desire to have you, that he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. What did he pray for? That your faith fail not. You know, there can be a faith failure on our part. Well, if God can't fail, we can. Right? So he prayed for him that his faith fell not because he knew how important his faith was. And so when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. So it's important for us as well as Peter to develop patience because once we release our faith in the promise of God Satan is going to come and attack us and see to it that he gets us out of the realm of faith. Why? He doesn't want us to inherit the promise or see the fulfillment of the promise. Right? So how do we then develop patience? Well since you asked James chapter 1 verse 2 Powerful. My brethren My brethren Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How we respond to the attack of the enemy. When our faith is tried, will determine whether or not we develop patience. If we respond correctly and properly, we'll develop patience. If we don't, we won't develop it over the years of our lives. Knowing this, look at the next part. Knowing this, knowing what? That the trying of your faith works patience. See, it's not a faith issue. It's a patience issue. It's the ability to remain what? Constant and firm in what you believed in the promise of God, even though it's not materializing instantaneously. So the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect, wanting nothing. As Paul said, I know no matter what circumstance I'm in, I'm independent of the circumstance, I'm dependent on God, I can do all things who Christ who is the strength of my life. That's what he said, and he learned that over a period of time. This is the process, we release faith in the promise of God. Satan comes along to uproot the word that was sown into our hearts along the way to get us out of faith. We develop patience knowing that what he's doing now, we understand that, we know that, right? And so we're not going to fall victim to that. We're going to stay firm. We're not going to cast away our confidence. We're going to believe that God is at work in our project, whatever the situation might be. And we know that he's faithful to bring it to pass. And he will bring it to pass. As long as I stand firm in patience, let it come to pass. All right. Next point. Follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. God has given us his word in in, in what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 it tells us all the things that are listed in the New Testament about the Old Testament examples are for us so that we can review them and look at them and not make the same mistakes they made but do the things that the ones did that inherited the promise and that's what we're supposed to do follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises well let's look at some of these real quick there's no time to get into all these but number one Abraham was given a promise that he would have a seed. Guess what? It took 25 years. And as I explore his faith and patience, what I find out is this. At the beginning, he faltered. At the beginning, he tried to take matters into his own hands. He had a child with Hagar, Ishmael, a work of the flesh. It was after a while when he realized that God meant what he said and said what he meant. He made a promise that Sarah and I would have a child. And guess what? No matter how miraculous it had to be in order for that to come to pass, he did believed God at that point and didn't stagger at the promise of God any longer. He believed that no matter what it was, it was needed to reconstruct her body to have a child that God could do it. So you see, it didn't happen overnight, did it? But how about this? It took 25 years of standing firm and strong and not moving to bring it to pass. Okay, what about the next one? What about uh, Noah? Everyone wants to know how long it took Noah to build the ark. God knows. Jesus knows, I'm sure, although everyone in heaven knows, no one knows, but as far as theologians are concerned, some say, oh, it took 120 years, some say that's impossible because he had to have his children first, and he was 480 years old, he was 600 years old when it was all done, and all that, and so they go by, what, these calculations, the timeline of his life, but regardless, let's just say that throughout the figure, some say between 50 and 80 years to build the ark. Can you imagine God giving you a project, making you a promise to save your house if you build an ark? You build the ark, I'll save your house. And guess what? For all these years, you'll be a preacher of righteousness, and anyone that will hear you, I'll save them all. So, what does Noah do? He begins building an ark. How long does it take? 50 to 80 years to build this? He's staying in faith. You talk about patience and endurance. And when he's scoffed and he's mocked, the people are laughing at him and saying, what in the world are you doing? You've been at this for 49 years, Noah. Isn't it time? Isn't it time? No, no, I'm not staying with it. He stayed with it until the project was done. But you see, we want it like now. 50 to 80 years? Doesn't stop there. What about Joseph? He was approximately 13 years old when he had a dream and the vision that God gave him that he would be someone in authority and people would bow down including his own family would bow down to him it took 17 years to come to pass but guess what he was challenged along the way every step of the way but he held firm and we'll talk about that in just a moment he held firm till it came to pass and what about David 15 years old when he was said you're going to be the next king of Israel he was anointed to be the king, it took 15 more years before it came to pass. You talk about holding fast your confession of faith without wavering. That's exactly what he had to do. And was there trials and tribulation along the way? Were there trials and tribulation along the way? Absolutely. But you see, he held firm. He held fast until it came to pass. And then Moses, like 40 years. He's trying to do it in his own strength, in the flesh. And he did not succeed. But when he, let, he finally got taught of the Lord, it took time. And finally, 40 years later, he leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. And so we see it takes faith and patience to inherit the promise. Now, do you got your shouting clothes on? Yeah. Let's go. You got your seatbelt tight? You might want to release it on this. We are the heirs of promise. You know what an heir is? We are legally. Entitled to all the promises of God. Look at Hebrews 6.17 again. When I went to church when I was at Ramah, going to school, Bible school there, there was a church in Tulsa. The name of the church was Heirs of Promise. I was very young in the Lord at the time. I didn't really know the significant meaning of that title, but I thought that's a kind of strange name, kind of a strange name for that church, Heirs of Promise. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That means he removed all doubt by making an oath, by swearing by himself. He calls us the heirs of promise we are legally entitled to anything and everything negotiated between God the Father and God the Son in the new blood covenant it belongs to every child of God and if we would look up and discover every promise that he has made to us you could take ownership of it and just say that belongs to me that promise is mine look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 if you be Christ's Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Think about that statement. Are you Christ's? You belong to him? Then you indeed are Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to every promise that God has made in the new covenant. It includes any promise and every promise he made to Abraham, which is the promise of life prosperity, health, etc. All those promises belong to us. So, in conclusion, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, and this is found in the NIV, New International Version of the Bible. For no matter how many promises God has made, who made the promises? Does He have integrity? Does He have character? Does He back up His promises? Is Jesus the surety of every promise that God has ever made? No matter how many promises He has made, they are yes. In Christ. Are you in Christ? Then they are yes. If you're in Christ, every promise is yes. Find a promise. Did He say, ask and you shall receive? Did He say, seek and you shall find? Yes. Did he say, knock and it shall be open? Every promise, hallelujah, is yours. Did he say, give and it shall be given? Every promise is yes. No matter what the promise is, the answer is yes. And see, when these people say, well, it might be, maybe so, it might be not. No, that's not what the scripture says. It says, if God made you a promise, and you are in Christ, and you find the promise, and you embrace the promise, and you acknowledge the promise, the answer is yes, in Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, it gets even gooder. It gets even better than this. And... So through him, the amen is spoken by us <laughs> to the glory of God. <laughs> what does that mean? I found a promise. God is faithful to his promise. He will never, ever, ever renege on a promise. Hebrews 10, 23 tells us so, right? He won't do that. He's faithful to His promise. So if I ask Him to fulfill the promise or embrace the promise, I can be assured I will inherit the promise because the answer is yes, but I supply the amen. And when I say amen, that's it. It is done. It doesn't matter what I see. After that, it is done. It's accomplished. It's achieved. It's mine. Hallelujah. Well, how do you know it's God? I know because God is faithful to His promises. Hallelujah. He is faithful to his promise. So let's put it to where we live right now. Our conclusion. Like Joseph. Let's just say like Joseph. That in your alone time with God, that maybe he gave you a revelation of his will for your life. Maybe you know at a young age, like let's say he's going to be a prime minister, say. A ruler over all of Egypt. Um, let's just say that maybe uh, you're going to be a doctor. He gives you a revelation of the fact that you should study to be a doctor because that's what I've got. That's my calling upon your life. Or a teacher or a lawyer or an engineer or a this or a that or the other thing. Whatever. Just insert whatever that God has given you this vision or this dream or something. of you becoming something, know this. Once he gives you the revelation, and once you have that understanding, and once he makes that known to you like he did to Joseph, you can rest assured that you will be challenged by your enemy to get you to abort your faith and get discouraged and get annoyed. Why? How many of you know that you don't get the revelation today when you're 13 years old and tomorrow you become a surgeon? There's a trip along the way. Would you agree with me? You've got to go to school, you've got to finish your high school, you've got to finish college, and then you've got to go off to med school, medical school, and etc. and etc. Cetera, etc. And along the way there will be many temptations for you to throw in a towel and give up because this is just too hard. We don't, we may live in a microwave society, but not everything's a microwave. Not everything gets done that fast. What is my admonition to you? Be like Joseph. When you get into the pit, laugh. Just laugh. Was he discouraged in the pit? No, not at all. He wasn't discouraged at all, was he? Was he annoyed in the pit? We have no revelation of that, do we? Life was a bowl of cherries for him before the pit. And now he finds himself in the pit. And what's he doing? Still believe in God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't see myself in the pit. I see myself as a leader, as a ruler, and others bowing down to me. Well, that took him to the prison in Potiphar's house when he refused to do what? Commit immorality with Potiphar's wife. And why did he, for, why did he not do that? He got his kids on. That's dating me, huh? His Nikes on. And he hightailed it out of there. Right? As quickly as he possibly could, because he was a person of character and a person of integrity, and he got himself out. He would not commit that sin. And where did that end him up? In the prison. So what does he do in the prison? Takes over leadership role. He's a leader in the pit, he's a leader in the prison. He was supposed to be there for life, a life sentence in the prison, but of course because he revealed a dream, right? What happened? He got out. And now he's made ruler. So my point is, just because we said, I know that God wants this for me, I believe in it, I know that's the vision that he gave me, it's a dream that he gave me, young people, you might be out there in school, you might be in college or whatever, wherever you're at, The, the, the most important thing is to get the mind of God trust Him with all your heart. Notice He said trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't let your head get in the way and play mind games with you because the devil's is coming along to play a mind game with you to get you off track with God. Don't let it happen. Laugh when you're in the pit. Laugh when you're in the prison because praise God the palace is right down the corner. It's, right, it's coming soon praise God. If you'll stay in faith and believe God through faith and patience you will inherit the promise. Why? Because every promise of God in Christ is yes and the amen is given by us amen amen Lord, amen I am the Lord that healeth thee amen, I believe it, praise God I will deliver you and set you on high because you know my name, I believe it that's what you said, find every promise of God act upon that promise, say amen to it and watch God work, amen hallelujah well I know he said he inhabits the praises of his people Do you know he said that? And so you know why? That's why we've changed our order of service. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, right? And so I wanted to share the word in the beginning like this here. To get our faith level higher. And then once our faith level gets up there. Now let's minister to the Lord. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Now did he say he inhabits the praises of his people? Yes he did. Could you qualify that to be somewhat of a promise? You praise me. I'll live in your praises. You praise me. I'll show myself strong on your behalf. If you set your love upon me, I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you know my name. When you call upon me, I will answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you with a long life. I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Young person, honor your parents and the Lord for this is right. Moms and dads, this is my cause too. A nickel at the door honor your parents and the Lord for this is right it's the first commandment with a promise what's the promise it will be well with you do you want well days and you will live long on the earth you want to live long on the earth well days living long well days living long that's the promise of God so if you will say for no other reason you may not want to obey your parents you may feel like you should obey your parents you may think that your parents don't know as much as you do even though they know more you may think that way but I want you to know that you don't know more than them they've lived longer than you have lived on this planet praise God and they've been out of pitfalls they've been in all the, all the potholes of life and so they've learned they passed the test they're on the other side they can give you counsel they can give you advice so obey your parents and the Lord for this is right it'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth you've got the promise of God to lean on can you say amen hallelujah just that one promise will bless you all your life hallelujah